Hi, I'm Cassie. And I'm Mariah. And this is the Cassie and Mariah Show, a podcast where two long-distance internet friends, that's us, discuss navigating their 20s through disability and chronic illness. Mariah, what's up? It feels like it's been 10 years, but I think I've just lived a lot of life. But I feel like we went through this week where it's, I feel like we didn't talk to each other enough this week or even send audio messages too much back and forth. I miss you. (laughs) I love you and I miss you. (laughs) So I wonder if that's why. But anyway, um, my week's been going good. I kind of like got back into like routinely making stuff for vendor events and markets and stuff. I actually made like a new display piece for my table. I have these clear acrylic like... um, they're like to put most they're originally to put earrings on and then you like it like spins but i got like little like wall hooks and pin backs and i made i put a bunch of hooks on the like the rack instead so this way when i hang because i hang necklaces on there so i have my necklaces in little like plastic packaging and um i have a hole punch through the top of it so like i am able to hang the necklaces on there and um because what i did before was like I used these silver clips to, like, clip the necklace to the plastic, um, and the issue that I was having was, like, the clips were leaving, like, teeth marks on the plastic, and to me, it just looked ugly, and I, and I hated that, because I was also afraid of it, like, tearing a hole in it, or just, like, screwing with the cord of the necklace, so I thought of this idea of, like, you know, to take the plastic piece I already have and then just put a bunch of hooks in them with pin backs on the back to hold the hook in place and then to hang the necklaces instead. And I tried it yesterday at the market that I was at and I think it looked really good and had a really good like functionality purpose of someone being able to just like take the piece off themselves to look at it and then to, you know, put it back on themselves. Where usually before people would be hesitant to take the necklace off because you had to undo the clip and they, they felt like they weren't allowed to do, you know, to take it off. So, um, at least the hook kind of lets a little bit more of a, like, more user-friendly experience for the person that's shopping at my table. Um, and so, yeah, I was really glad with those. I made two of them, so they're really cute, and they just, like, I was like, oh, like, feels a little bit of an upgrade. Um, I made some new bracelets that have just, like, some, like, colorful mushroom beads on them. They're so cute. Thank you. And I got these little, um, sterling silver beads that will go around, like, the the bracelet knot like where the elastic is because my thing is is that like when I would make bracelets I hated that you could see the knot of Mm -hmm. the elastic I also just it just looked ugly it it kind of just looked a little bit like it just didn't look like an extent aesthetically pleasing so I ended up um, getting these sterling silver beads to like put over them and it makes it look really cute and I also think it kind of like reinforces the knot a little bit more so it's not gonna like fall apart if you stretch it too much um so that was like a really positive part of the week was just being able to brainstorm that idea and like I don't know whenever I like come up with new stuff for like markets or inventory like it really lights like a fire in me and I'm like maybe I don't hate doing my business maybe I just like don't feel inspired enough and when I do feel inspired I it makes me you know able to have these experiences and these lessons that I learn that make me enjoy doing this. I also went to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse this weekend. I saw it not only once, but I saw it twice within 24 hours of (laughs) seeing it the first time. Um, I actually went with, like, the same friend both times, except the second time I went with, like, her sister and her cousin. And it was just kind of this, like, 
you know, we saw it the first time, and the movie is two hours and 16 minutes, and that's a long time to be in the movie. And for the first showing that we went to, I ate my entire bucket of popcorn within the first half hour of the movie, <laughs> and I was, like, disgustingly full the entire time. Oh, no. Where I got home and I was like, I can't even eat dinner. Like, I'm literally so full of my large popcorn and my Reese's Pieces that I feel disgusting. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, you know, but I did enjoy the movie nonetheless. Uh, this isn't like a spoiler, but I was like kind of, I, I genuinely enjoyed both times seeing the movie. But the first time, I didn't know that there's, okay, so there's a new thing that movies do nowadays where everything is set up for, like, like a trilogy series so like the first spider-man into the spider-verse leaves like was like there's a big fight scene but then it's like resolved and there's this like um like post-credit scene that's like to show like oh okay there's another spider-man that's coming after you know the miles morales spider-man that you know the main protagonist of the across the spider-verse or into the spider-verse movie so the second movie you go into it and you're like, okay, I know like this guy is looking for Miles or like this, this, whatever. But like at the end of the movie, you don't get this like big explosive fight because they leave you on a cliffhanger. So the next movie, the third movie that's coming out next year will be that big fight that they were anticipating. And to me, that feels so empty because it's like, I, I didn't, I, when I going into the movie, I didn't realize that there was going to be a third one. So like at the end of the movie, I was like, so what happens? Like, you know, now we got to wait a full year to figure out like, you know, the big fight. And I think that that kind of just leaves a lot of like, you know, a lot of assumptions. And it's also just like makes you like, although it's like a great movie, you kind of leave it like not feeling fulfilled in that way, because you're like, okay, well now I got to like, wait till next year. And if you were like me who like went in there without knowing that there's a third movie coming out, you're kind of, you kind of just like, yeah, you just like don't feel like this, you know, this big ending was like deserved. Um, especially because I think the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I think that came out in like 2018. So it's been a while. So the next movie, the third movie is going to come out in March, 2024, which is surprising because it's like, that's less than a year from now. But it's also just like, it's the, the going from like having this, the first movie and the second movie having a huge gap and then to like not have anything after the second movie and then like, you know, having now a year that you're looking forward to the third one. It's kind of like, I don't know, the way that they do movies nowadays is crazy. I hate it. I can't, I hate that you can't just see a movie. It has everything set up to have an extra one after it. That's annoying. I wonder though if between the first and second, if covid threw things off and so now they're able to catch up but yeah no that is really annoying i feel like mm, i guess i don't see enough movies to know but um, <laughs> i feel like that like i don't know i'm i guess i'm usually only really okay with that sort of suspense for watching shows like right. where you'll see the next episode next week like i don't know i'm trying to think of like you know movie series i've watched i i feel like i haven't watched a lot most movies i've seen are one-offs mm -hmm. um yeah my best comparison would be how cars 2 had nothing to do with the first cars movie <laughs> but then cars 3 was the real follow-up yes oh yeah i mean 
Cars 2, I felt like, could have been, like, a mini-episode type of thing. And could like, have just been a spinoff, you know? Exactly. Cars International Espionage. I don't know. Right? Espionage. No, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, I also finished the show Yellow Jackets this week, um, which was a long time coming because I knew there was a bunch of episodes I had to catch up on. And that show doesn't really live on it th- that shows another one where like it didn't really have that much of a satisfying ending to the second season um i guess because you would like it to have some type of like oh i you know there's there's this like big moment but you're like i kind of wish that they almost like left that on a cliffhanger but they didn't so it's kind of just but like the same thing where it's like sometimes it works for tv shows but sometimes it doesn't work for movies because like you know movies take so much longer to come out and tv shows it's kind of like of course they're gonna leave something to hang on so this way you watch the next season whereas like with movies if you assume like if you don't know that there's another movie coming out then you kind of just don't know what like you know you kind of just like don't know what's gonna happen next and you kind of just don't know when they're gonna get to that um but it's also a big thing that they do with like superhero movies like that's why i Mm kind of don't want to watch any marvel movies because i tried watching like the tom holland's like spider-man's movies but like in the first spider-man movie homecoming it doesn't explain how tom holland became spider-man it because you just start off with him being spider-man because they explained it in another movie that's like not a spider-man movie so i'm like okay like that that loses me like i i have no no interest in this like genre of films because i don't want to watch like three movies to understand one I, I, I don't know. I hate that. I know some people love that. They love having the whole cinematic universe. But I think that's only funny if it's, like, a person unrelated. Like, you know, when we say the Cassie cinematic universe? Like, yes. that's funny. But the Marvel cinematic universe is cringe. That's annoying. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, but other than that, I've just been playing Tears of the Kingdom a whole bunch, which love so much. I just beat, like... There's, like, four temples in the game, and I beat three so far, so I have to beat one more, and then I have to do more exploring and shit like that, but I got the Master Sword, I got the Master Sword back, um, so, you know, I just feel like, I, that game takes up so much of my time, I think I have, like, over, I think I have close, like, 90 hours on it so far. The real screen time. (laughs) Yeah, because I was gonna say, like, my screen time's low on my social media apps, but it's because my switch screen time is like eight hours a day (laughs) so uh you know we're prioritizing gaming and it seems to be improving the the mental health and the morale so anything to get those numbers up (laughs) (laughs) but anyway cassie what's been going on with you how are you doing Oh, just a thousand things going on. Yes. Um, literally can't believe how much I did in the past week on top of school. <laughs> I'm yawning just thinking about it. Um, Last weekend, we went and visited my grandparents for a belated Mother's Day, um, which was fun. And then during the week, I went to a retirement surprise for somebody at my high school um who I'm sort of still in touch with and um I hadn't been to my high school since they like redid it um so that was weird and then also just seeing people I haven't seen in years was weird and also just being in my high school was weird (laughs) but it was good um and then I went to a Portland Thorns game which is our women's professional soccer team here um 
I was also taught this week that it's not field, it's pitch, and it's not game, it's match. (sighs) (laughs) I'm I'm a poser, and I'm proud to say it because I just can't be bothered. I can't. I was going to say, that stadium that you posted pictures of looked beautiful, though. Apparently, they just redid it, like, they just finished redoing it, like, last year. I don't know. I uh, I apparently have no idea what's happening at any given time, but soccer <laughs> is fun. They be yeah. kicking that ball and shit into the net. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Very fun. Um, <laughs> except for I ate um, some mac and cheese at the stadium, and I didn't take a lactate pill, and... Anyway, long train ride, man. (laughs) Listen, I forget that real mac and cheese and craft mac and cheese are not the same experience. No, yeah, you're very right there. (laughs) That Uh, fake cheese got nothing on you. No, I, uh, yeah. And then this weekend, oh man, the just, uh, you know, you had a doubleheader of, of, spider-man i had a double header of seeing the national and soccer mommy um yeah friday night i went to see the national and soccer mommy in edgefield and then saturday morning i went to a wedding for some of my childhood friends and then uh, immediately at well not immediately because i had to come home and shower because the wedding was sort of in the direct sun and i was not feeling great so i came home and showered and then i went to see the national and soccer mommy play another show uh at edgefield um because i guess the first one sold out so fast that then they added the second date kind of thing um wait so you saw the same band twice yeah oh i thought you saw the national one night and soccer mommy the other night no soccer mommy was opening for them Oh, wait. That's that's really fun. Oh, I love that. I know. Well, and I had thought that I had never done that before because um, it's pretty rare for Portland to get two dates of a tour, and I rarely will travel to see a second date of a tour. Right. Um, and so I thought I had never done it before, but Taking Back Sunday played two nights here a few years ago. Um but one of the shows I was tabling, so I wasn't, like, fully, like, in fan mode, and then the other show I was, so, um, so it doesn't feel the same, and then also, if I'm remembering right, I think the Taking Back Sunday one was, it was, like, two different albums that they were playing each night, and then they were playing additional songs, so it's, like, that was a more intentionally planned out, every city had two nights, if I'm remembering right, Whereas this was just like, yeah, they, the show sold out so fast that they were like, oh, let's add a second night. Most of the set list is still the same. And then there's like a few songs that are switched out kind of thing. Um, so it's just like a different experience. And it was fun, though, although I feel like now I am a little bit like nationaled out. You know, I'm a little bit burned out because I've been listening to them so much, too. Um, so now I'm like, OK, that was good that was fun but now i'm like okay i'm excited like my next show now will be louie at the end of the month and i'm yeah, yeah so excited um except for i looked up his set list and he's playing like it's like how harry has like medicine and like anna and like these songs that are unreleased but everybody knows them and i'm like shit i gotta like learn louie's unreleased songs I, so i don't look like a poser damn it um <laughs> so a lot of a lot of work to do i need to study actually uh for my show um but no the shows were really fun except for okay so Edgefield made a bunch of accessibility improvements which is huge so they 
I didn't even expect them to ever change anything with their accessibility platform because it's like, so like for those who don't know Edgefield, it's like kind of your, I was going to say your typical outdoor venue as if I've been to many. Um, (laughs) It's got the stage, a huge lawn area, and then the only like platforms are just, they have like some VIP platform thing, but then they have the ADA platform. And it's always kind of been in the back right of the venue, and it's always, like, it's, every view is a good view, you know, it's not, like, it's super huge of a venue, so, um, I never expected them to change anything with it, but they actually decided to move it farther back this year, and so now, yeah, you're a tiny bit farther back, but it's in the full shade the entire time. Yes. So you don't sit there and bake anymore, which is amazing. And then I, in January, when they started announcing the summer shows, I emailed them and I was like, hey, like I have some accessibility suggestions based on my experience last summer. And the biggest thing was that the food areas have um, loose gravel, like thick loose gravel like several inches deep of loose gravel um which is just not navigable with mobility devices and even like my friends were saying like it's actually like pretty annoying to even walk on like as an able-bodied person and so um you know I was like you know you guys I had made a few suggestions I was like if there's a way to make it more packed or just anything you know and um they ended up putting down bark chips like kind of bark dust bark chip type stuff um which made a pretty big difference um there was so the first night when I got to the front of the ice cream line um, (laughs) to get my cosmic coffee ice cream which was so fucking good except for it had like almonds in it which i wasn't expecting and also why didn't they note that on the menu uh seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen oh my god yeah like uh, especially food allergies right hell allergic to almonds right um but it was really good um i kind of wish there were slightly less I was concerned about choking on them. Let's be honest. <laughs> Having something like that where you can't accidentally swallow it, you really need to chew. <laughs> like I'm like, no, yeah, you have in to a liquidy, you know, yeah. dessert. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choke. Um, but when I got to the front of the line and I went to turn to like, you know, get out of the line when I was, you know, got my ice cream and I was ready to go back to my seat, and my front tire of my scooter like dug through the bark chips and found the old gravel and I got stuck I was fucking stuck it was like being in quicksand or mud or something like I could not move I had to get off my scooter and several people had to help turn it around and get me going straight again so that way I wouldn't be stuck oh oh. it was annoying because that's exactly what used to happen with the gravel but um then on the second night I was like you know what I wasn't gonna get ice cream (laughs) I had to get ice cream um because it's homemade like handmade like on site right and it's like I was gonna say it sounds like good ice cream like you're not just getting ice cream from a tube like or a tub it's like you're getting like so it's a, a, an exquisite special little treat so oh, you have to get it yes exactly you can only get it there exactly I get it and so 
Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to brave doing it alone. Cause the first night my friends sat with me and the second night they stood in the pit. And so I was like, okay, I can do it. I'm going to go try. And, um, and so I, I did, I was like, my strategy though was I was like, okay, I think it's because my scooter can turn really sharp. And so I think it's the fact that when I turn my wheel, it would dig, even just turning it without moving, it would dig through the layers and that's what would get me stuck. So I was like, if I turn more gradually while I'm moving, then maybe I won't get stuck. And so I did that strategy and it worked, although they had like ropes up blocking off one of the um, normal line spots because they didn't have enough workers. And so I couldn't even go all the way up to the counter which was really annoying because the ropes were would have been in the way I literally wouldn't have been able to get out from being in line because they didn't leave enough room and um and so um the person behind me held my place in line so that way I I basically just parked off to the side and then when they were next up I got off my scooter and walked up but it's like again I shouldn't have to go through all this effort to get some damn ice cream um but at least that time I didn't get stuck and while I was waiting in the very long ice cream line I randomly met one of my twitter mutuals which was very you know pleasant surprise um so love to love to see people in the world um <laughs> and yeah, ice cream fucking rocks. Um it was nice not being in the sun at all during the show and it was actually I mean it was shady and it was windy and the temperatures weren't too high. So I was actually cold <laughs> um which rocked. And um and the only thing was that the cotton trees around the venue were like blooming and spreading their seeds or whatever and uh I am still suffering. The first day, I accidentally forgot to take my allergy meds, so that was my bad, I guess. Um, And I took a Benadryl that night, and it sort of helped. And then yesterday, I took the whole concoction of things I could take, and today, my eyes, I would still like to rip them out of my skull, so. Oh, I hate that. The itchy eyes, like burning eyes, no. I I literally just want to put them in ice water. It's horrendous i mean it's funny you say that because i have a sty right now in my left eye which it's so weird i always if i'm gonna get a sty it's gonna be my left eye like i don't know why i only get them in this eye um and like the sty is yeah like it makes my eyelid hurt it makes me feel like there's something in my eye and i'm like i just want to keep like an ice pack on my eye and like wear an eye patch because like i can't you know what's funny it's like my left eye is not my dominant eye so, like, I would be fine if I covered it with an eye patch. I would have no problems. But, like, it's just so, it's, when I, when you have eye stuff going on, it's so much more uncomfortable. Because it's just, like, I can't do anything. Like, I have to look. Like, I have to see stuff. Like, so what, what am I supposed to do? Right. And then it's, like, of course, now it's going to be warmer weather. And so it's warmer in my room. And I feel like the heat makes, like, sometimes it won't even be allergies that make my eyes dry and itchy. It'll be just it being warmer outside or a certain yeah. humidity or something in the summer. It's just awful are you more susceptible to getting styes i just don't know like i've never had a sty no one in my house has ever had a sty like so here's the reasoning behind so i usually get styes all the time in 2021 and you know further like i never got styes before in the past oh the issue is that i faced is that wearing a mask that i can't get a good seal on my nose bridge causes a lot of moisture buildup between my glasses and my skin oh. so that causes me to have styes so that's why i'm like 
I try to get really good with like even getting rid of masks when they're like you know worn it a few times throw it out like um because I, I do think that like just that buildup of like like bacteria and like dead skin yeah. cells along your nose bridge where the mask is and then to have that moisture between your glasses yeah like that's why sometimes if i'm going to a vendor event and i'm inside i will opt into wearing my contacts only for the fact of like wearing a mask and having my glasses like if i'm wearing it you know wearing my mask for the entire event i'll have my mask on and i will have my contacts in so this way i'm not having that like breeding ground behind mm. my glasses yeah so like I think the other day, I also think too, is like during the week, I like, remember I was at work or something and I had something in my eye and I couldn't like, I was trying to get it with like the, like not trying to put my finger in my eye, but like to try to get like the side of my finger in my eye to like, you know, move an eyelash or something. And I feel like I, I probably just like, I, I probably literally just got like bacteria in my eye and I got a sty from that. And then like the breeding ground between my mask and my glasses like mm. made it a little worse. Um, because no matter what I do, I still have a hard time getting a good seal with my KN95s. And, like, I think it also has to do with the fact that, like, I have a smaller face. So, like, the mask sometimes doesn't seal right on the bottom or it doesn't seal right on the top. Whereas, like, sometimes I will take a new mask out of the bag, flatten the entire nose bridge, and then I put the ears on. And then I literally sit there and, Mm -hmm. like, really meticulously, like, press it down. And that seems to work. But then there's sometimes where I'm, like, running into, like, the grocery store, running into a coffee place where it's, like, if I know I'm not in there for a long enough time, like, when I have my mask on, it's maybe that's when it's, like, not secured the best. Mm, yeah. Um. But, yeah, it, I mean, that's what my odd doctor said. He was, like, it's because, like, of where, like, because he's, like, I get them all the time from wearing a mask and wearing glasses. Wow. It's, like, makes this perfect area for a sty. Dang. And I hate it because, I mean, like, I just hate having styes. I hate how irritating it is and, like. A few years, like two years ago, I had to have one like surgically removed off my eye because it was sitting on a weird spot on my eyelid where like the eye drop medication wasn't getting to it. Mm. So I had no choice but to have my optometrist burn it off. Wow. And that was a crazy process. It hurt that like I've had a lot of surgeries. That one hurt probably the most, even with like a local anesthetic and things like that. I hate that for you so much. That's fuck eyes dude eyes yeah i i don't yep no they're the worst one of these like wet sockets that just like collect bacteria eyelashes things like that it's very annoying horrendous well speaking of um horrifying painful disgusting uh medical stories we got loads more of those for you today okay they're not all gonna be like disgusting and like graphic no, they're very reminiscent like, if anything yeah i was like if anything i feel like today's stories are more nostalgia and or emotional as opposed to like i feel like our first episode really got more into the um the gross medical stuff um but you know still content warning if you're squeamish at all you know we will be talking about surgeries and iv antibiotics and all of the things um all the icky body gross things. so if you're not into that uh you know see you next week <laughs> see ya, yeah <laughs> goodbye uh, and for the rest of you welcome <laughs> welcome to the thunderdome <laughs> bow, bow, bow. that was an air horn <laughs> <laughs> so Cassie, when you've had surgeries done, 
when you were younger, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like a, I feel like a, I feel like we've talked about this. Like a bulk of your surgeries were done when you were like kind of like elementary school mm-hmm. age or younger, correct? Yeah. What do you, what's like your earliest memory of having surgery in the hospital? My earliest memory is that, which like I mean, mind you, I was like probably in preschool, like three or four. Um, so you know as much as I can remember from that age um I feel like well first of all my hospital was completely different because they renovated it in the time that I was there so it dramatically changed um so it was like in the existing like pre-op room where they would have like and that's okay that's what's wild to me about my hospital before and after the renovation is you would constantly be in rooms full of other kids in hospital beds constantly before they renovated it because i think they literally added like a whole nother wing at that point um and so it's like the pre-op room you would be waiting in there with the other kids who are waiting to get surgery whereas nowadays you have separate pre-op rooms um and so we would be laying in there and like your parents would be with you and stuff still before you go in and um and for my first surgery, they gave me, they, they would always give you, I, it must be like, it's probably like a muscle relaxer or something like that, um, or like anti-anxiety meds or something. They'd be like, you know, this will make you loopy, help you forget the surgery or whatever, which I'm like, you're asleep during <laughs> it. What do I need to forget, you know? Um, and um, and so my parents say that I was literally laying there reaching, like I was hallucinating. I was literally seeing shit and reaching for it. Like I was seeing stuff floating and I was reaching for it in the air, um, because I was so high. Um, but, (laughs) um, otherwise I, I mostly associate like that pre-op room with, they had like a collection or not a collection, but like donated or like bod or whatever beanie babies that you would pick out or I don't know if it was just stuffed animals in general but I remember getting a lot of beanie babies so I think it was mainly beanie babies um you would like pick out your beanie baby or your stuffed animal before surgery um which was always the best I think I still have uh one of them because it happened to have like even though I got surgery in the winter and stuff it happened to have like july like it was like the july birthday bear or something like that and so i was like oh my god that's literally me um (laughs) and i don't know if that's where mookie uh (laughs) my stuffed animal i don't know if that's where he came from um or not but um i mean yeah mostly good mems i don't know because i was i feel like i was pretty good with uh surgery as a child and then like there was another cassandra wilson with a similar birthday and I just remember one time being in the OR which I also feel like in the OR I swear to god they had multiple tables multiple kids going at the same time it was I don't know I don't know how much my memory is accurate but I'm like I swear to god we were all just I'm like how is that sanitary so many questions <laughs> i mean i remember when i was younger the like the pre-op rooms like you said like all these kids being in there like the i remember one pre-op room that probably had seven beds and each time i went at least five of those seven were taken but when i had my port removed in august of 2020 2021 there was one other person in that room with me like the way that they staggered surgeries after that was like there was never more than like three people in the room but, like, I remember when I was younger in the hospital, I shared a room with another girl who was, like, I was maybe, like, I was elementary school at the time, but she was definitely, like, maybe a freshman in high school. And I remember my parents having a fit over that because they were, like, 
they they just didn't like the thing is with like people with CF is like we're highly susceptible to other people's like illnesses. So like if she had the flu and that's why she was in the hospital, like she shouldn't have been in the room with me. So like my I remember my mom making a huge stink out of it because we didn't know what she had and also the same thing of like in the hospital like. TMI, but I would always get some type of, like, E. coli stomach issue from the toilets. So, like, I would sometimes get that from sharing a room with another person mm-hmm. who had, who had like, a bacterial infection. And ever since then, that was the first and last time I ever shared a room with somebody. And it's because of the fact of that, where it's, like, you kind of, there's a lot of cross-contamination. So, did you go to a more, because I don't know if we even talked about this before, did you go to, like, a more general children's hospital? Or, like, what was... Because, like, so, like, I went to Shriners, which was basically all just kids with physical disabilities. Like, nobody was ever there because they're sick or something. Everyone who was in the hospital was having surgery. Or if they did have an infection from having surgery, that would be the only thing. Right. So, I went to, yeah, mine was definitely a more general hospital. Okay. Um, Monmouth Medical Center, if you, you know, shout out Long Branch, New Jersey. Um, I really, like... I, cause that's where like, the, okay, cause I had to go to a hospital that had a CF center and like, that was the only one near me that had a CF center. Other hospitals, like there's two other hospitals that are closer to me, but they don't have CF right. centers or like a good pulmonology program. So I never went to them. So that's why I always went to Monmouth. Um, I did end up going to the children's hospital of Philadelphia when I was younger for like drug trials and things like that but yeah i was mostly just in monmouth okay um which yeah that had like that was a very general hospital of like having like the emergency rooms there was actually supposed to be a whole cf patient wing in that hospital but it never for whatever reason i think it fell through Mm. and it just ended up becoming an adult wing which was really annoying because i did stay there once and those spa those rooms were like spa rooms like all like hardwood floors and walls and like nice tv and there's like sconces in the rooms and stuff for lighting like the bathrooms all had their own showers which was a huge thing because when i would stay in the children's wing they did not have showers in the rooms so if your mom or you had to take a shower they had to go you have to go in the hallway to use the shower and the bathtub in the hallway Mm. um but yeah no mine was um yeah i never went to any like specialized hospital um like the one you've described shriners yeah well that makes more sense than why like the like infection and like getting sick and stuff would have been a bigger issue because yeah you've got people who are like yeah oh that that's yeah scary like, stressful you have kids that are there with like lung issues that are getting like pick lines they are they are not going to do well if you put it in there with someone that's sick well and like yeah like with the sharing a room thing so not only obviously was the yeah the pre-op room obviously had like just a bunch of kids in beds but oh but I, what i was gonna say was like the the other cassandra wilson and i had surgery the same day except for she was sick so she didn't come and so they were like oh guess we should make sure we're doing the right (gasps) surgery on the right kid it's like jesus which i mean like to be fair like your doctor like your surgeon comes in to like your pre-op room and draws on your leg and what you know whatever oh yeah yeah whatever they're doing so um they they know what they're doing yeah my port was the same way drawn on you with the purple marker and then uh and but then like yeah back in the day like the all all of the hospital rooms were just big rooms that had four kids in them and like for the little little kids or for kids that wouldn't stay in their bed they literally basically 
I would describe them as a cage. I mean, it was a crib, but let's yeah. be fucking real. It's a hospital bed with a fucking cage around it. Um, <laughs> never had to have one of those. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm too high to get out of bed. Um, but my dad would always stay with me um, because my mom would stay home with my brother to get him to school and stuff. And uh, and if we like heard kids screaming in the middle of the night or whatever we would like make like the just i don't know if you imagine like the shocked like emoji face of just like mouth open eyebrows raised we would make that face at each other and we called it hospital face um <laughs> when we're like oh my god these children um which obviously Aww. they're like tiny little babies in pain from surgery um but they're loud as hell oh they're loud as hell and you're like okay i also just had surgery and i would like to sleep um and then we would like uh tap our hospital bracelets together while we made the face it was uh, weird weird superhero-esque memory i'm like i don't know what happens when we tap our bracelets together we get superpowers or something i don't know um ironically i didn't make friends back when i shared rooms with kids i made friends during my longer hospital stay when my back was infected because there was another girl who also has spent like very long periods of time in the hospital and so like i was like very upset about having to like be there again and for a longer period of time and so she was more of a pro at it and so she (laughs) would like invite me to color and hang out and watch tv and stuff and so that was very nice and now we occasionally end up on the same bus together when i'm going to school which is uh which is fun so oh that's cute oh man i like i never was able to make friends like that in the hospital because again of just like see if people needing to like stay away from the Mm. general other kids in the hospital um i remember like being in the hospital at one time when I was, like, you know, when, after you would get pick lines and stuff done, they would want you to, like, get up and, like, walk around the unit and stuff to kind of just, like, get, like, you know, so this way you're not, like, sitting in bed all day. So I would walk around, and there was one time where, like, another girl at CF that was there at the time wanted to walk around as well. So I had to finish my laps, and then she was able to do her laps, and her walk, her walking past the room, and us, like, waving at each other. And I was always like, oh, like, you know, because at the time, like, I didn't, other than, like, my cousin, I didn't know anybody else that had CF, and I didn't know them, like, personally. So I kind of felt like that was, and there's a few times where her and I both stayed at the hospital at the same time. Um, And it kind of just felt like one of those people, I'm like, man, like, I wish I could be friends with them. Um, and Dude, unfortunately, that's so sad. It's literally oh, it's so the sad. fucking movie. <laughs> Uh, well it's even worse because she ended up passing away a few years (gasps) later so i could not you know am not able to be friends with her at all um i'm sorry but like yeah it's okay (laughs) i mean that's but that's like the premise of the five feet apart movie is the fact that like you cannot be friends with other cf people and like you know back in the day before they even knew that was a thing they actually had these things that were called like cf camp and where like all the kids with cf would go to camp during the summer together Holy for like at, at least a few weeks and then all those kids would come home terribly ill 
and you would never they never figured out it's because of the fact that all these kids were not really allowed to be with each other because you're trading bacteria back and forth because like what cf is like your lungs have a you're basically from like what i interpreted as like your lungs have a very specific type of bacteria that like i could not give to a normal person but i could give it to another person that has a lung disease Mm -hmm. so like you're not that's why you're not really supposed to be hanging out with one another is because like and those bacteria are bacteria that are like antibiotic resistant yeah like you have to be on very specific meds to even you know get it under control because the growth can go from like zero to 100 in such a short amount of time so yeah you weren't like really allowed to hang out with any of those kids and like even being in the hospital with them at the same time it's like so strict of like you cannot go in the playroom because you know you both can't go in there like it's because it's kind of like you know of just like again of like you could pick other diseases up from going in the playroom with those kids so like you know i would have them give me like xboxes or like a laptop to play with in my room but otherwise like that was it like i never got to go in the coloring room and color like they would bring that stuff to me but it would be brand new things that were like you know either brand new or like heavily sanitized before it was brought to me um wow i remember i think i was given i was trying to remember if i've got any toys i think i was given like a few toys but usually my parents and my parents would take me to toys r us after because it was kind of like the hospital toys are dirty (laughs) that makes sense i i think shriners was so like fundraiser donor heavy that stuff was always being donated um yeah, it's interesting because as a kid, I had longer hospital stays, and I think it's just the changing medical stuff. Like, as a kid, like, they would keep you longer as a kid, and nowadays, surgery's a fucking drive through They get you in and out, and I honestly think that's why my back got infected, because my incision had not healed properly, and they just fucking sent me off into the world without addressing that and making sure that it was good to go and so obviously it like gotten like I don't know I and it's hard because when you're in that state you literally I was I was on so many fucking drugs I couldn't advocate for myself I had no idea what was going on I literally couldn't I and then I obviously had an infection on top of that so I was like so far gone that it's like you can't advocate for yourself in that situation but Mm -hmm. um all of this to say that uh, when I was a kid, I got to take a little bit more advantage of the, like, yeah, fun stuff in the hospital, and especially with it being a children's hospital. Um, it's, like, they would have, like, movie nights on, like, Tuesdays or whatever, where you would literally, all the kids, because the rec room was huge, and so all the kids would get, who, whoever wanted to, like, felt up to it, would get right. wheeled in their beds down to the rec room to watch a movie, and I think we watched, like, a Garfield movie or something like that, and we got literally what whatever popcorn soda snacks we wanted because listen this was before michelle obama no offense michelle obama but like we also back then had a fucking breakfast cart that had like strawberry pop tarts and shit on it all sorts of processed prepackaged foods those were the days you know and sorry avid listener michelle obama (laughs) yeah so sorry michelle obama and friends and family you know barack sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, listen, I just, when, when you're in the fucking hospital, you want some damn Pop-Tarts. Let me live, you know? I um, agree. 
And then, like, yeah, we had, like, a school because, again, for, like, those kids who are there longer, it's, like, Mm -hmm. some of them would need that space. But, like, I would mostly go there and do, like, crafts and stuff. Oh, my God. It's so fun. I, most of the rec room stuff was really boring, though, and there kind of really wasn't actually a lot. It was probably more helpful for, like, siblings of kids in the hospital, if anything. Right. Um... But when I had my longer stay, um, because when I was recovering from the infection, I was, like, I was very, like, together mentally in terms of, like, I would wake up from surgery and be like, all right, let's get the day, you know, going here. And so, like, one time, like, Courtney came and visited, and we literally went and played fucking air hockey in the rec room. It was very fun. I feel like... I can't remember if Heather was there, too. Somebody else was there. Maybe it was Courtney and Heather. Oh, my God. I don't know. It was beautiful. Um, Yeah. And then we did... We had video game machines around. I feel like they were GameCubes. And I feel like they still have those. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was in the hospital in... It was definitely, like, post-high school. So it was, like, sometime when I was in college. And it was over the summer. Um, cause whenever, like, my doctors were always very adamant about, like, strategically placing my hospital visits for, like, pick lines and stuff like that. Like, right when college was done with, that's when I'd go in for a pick line. Or, like, right before college started back up again, that's when I'd go for a pick line. Cause they know, they were, like, very aware of, like, the school's, you know, the school, how, like, medications made me feel overall. Like, did want, did not want me missing any days. So there would be times where I'd be in the hospital during the summer. So all my friends would be home from school and they would come hang out in my hospital room on like a Tuesday and Aww. it would, we would play like Mario Party. Like there was one time I think that I had six visitors in my room, all my friends. And I remember the nurses were like, there's like too many people in here. <laughs> like, oh my God. You know, cause it was like, and it was getting late and it was like getting past eight o'clock, which is like when the visitor mm-hmm. hours were over with. And I just remember that was like one day where I felt so full like, I was like, wow, like, I kind of loved, like, hanging out with my friends in the hospital. Oh. And they would bring me outside food, like, yes. serve taco or some coffee. Um, and I <laughs> just, like, hearing their funny stories from work at the time. Because a few of my friends at the time worked at a camp. So they would talk about, like, kids and stuff at the camp and, like, funny things that they said. And, like, it's, al- it's always just really funny to me. Or, like... And I also would feel bad because, like, there was one time when I was in the hospital where I couldn't I, – I could not go to the bathroom, so I was in the hospital. And they had a machine that was, like, pumping, like, some of my stomach fluid out so this way it would, like, less stuff. Like, I would eat and then it would just literally pump it out so this way it didn't build up in my intestines. And I remember my friends, like, sitting in my room with this, like – bag that was hanging over my bed that was full of like bile and like dark matter because it was just the shit that was being pumped out of me mm-hmm. and I felt like so awkward because I was like this like disgusting elephant in the room right here of like literal crap I mean you're talking to the girl who had a vacuum attached to her back sucking the fluid out of her back <laughs> so I extremely relate to that because Um, Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you got to have visitors because I was wondering, like, obviously, like you said, it's already so high risk being in the hospital. I didn't know, like, if and obviously, yeah, you can't see CF people, but I didn't know if you could see normal people. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes like they have people scrub up, like wear a mask and gloves and, you know, scrubs to come in the room Um, because, you know, just like outside people. But I think they're more concerned with just people that were in the hospital that were visibly sick. Yeah. but like you were saying before about like having to go home, you know, going home at a certain amount of time is like when I had pick lines, I remember I'd always end up staying in the hospital for like at least a week after 
I got my pick line placed because they also wanted to like make sure my medication dosage was right and that I didn't have any problems with the pick lines because sometimes they can get clogged or your body like rejects it. So um, I would mostly stay in the hospital, but it was like right after I got my port, that surgery was a very intensive surgery. But I remember being home within two days after and like once they were able to access it and once it worked right and they did my first dose of medications, I was out. I was out. Yeah. And for people who don't know, if you have surgery, well, depending what kind of surgery, how long it is, blah, blah, blah. Um, usually your checklist of things to do is, yeah, make sure that whatever you got done is working or whatever. But the biggest right. thing is you must go pee. You must go poop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you might, or like must be able to keep food down, like stuff like that. Like, no, I literally remember not being able to leave one night because I could not go to the bathroom. Yep. And it was like so upsetting to me because I was like, all I wanted, it was like one, it was like, it was like six or something at night. So it was like, if you can't go to the bathroom, like you have to stay here tonight. Yep. And it was like, I really don't want to because I'd rather sleep at home. Like, yeah. I miss my dog. Like, I, I want to yeah. be home. Um. And uh, I ended up just, like, I had a lot of instances like that where I could not go to the bathroom um, <laughs> in the hospital. And that was the reason why oh, I stayed. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, anesthesia and all the meds that give you get you so backed up. And, like, yeah. Um, but I, well, and half the time my problem, even when I get, like, home from surgery and stuff, is that I, my appetite is so low that I'm literally not eating enough to be able to need to use the bathroom. Right. Um, because I would be taking all the, the Miralax, the everything, and it's like, oh, nothing's coming out because there's nothing in me because I'm not hungry. Um, and then as soon as I eat, like, a real meal, everything's fine. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's when you knew I was sick when I wasn't eating because, like, when I was in the hospital, they had – like everybody else had a vet they, they had their own you know they had a menu but cf people had their own secret menu of like a lot of high calorie stuff oh. so like hamburgers french fries like fatty foods like chicken cutlets and everything i got i got double servings of because oh. of people wow. again of like having cf is like your body not being able to absorb nutrients the way yeah. that a normal person's does you're eating double the amount just to absorb what one person would have with one serving. So I remember just eating food so much. And like, if I wanted another meal, like call down to dining and they'd bring you another meal. Like this like consistent food chain. I was never hungry, but like I was, and then, but then it was like, if I was like not eating, there was of course a problem because I would scarf down an entire plate. Like oh multiple times. Oh my God. That's kind of amazing. Oh, man, I loved eating. People rip on hospital food all the time, but I genuinely don't think it's that bad. And listen, (laughs) pre-Michelle. Michelle. Michelle. Because when I, okay, because when I was a kid and was having all my leg surgeries, they, you actually didn't have a menu back then. They would just bring you whatever the fucking dinner was that night, which I kind of loved because they would bring it on that little hospital tray with the cover, and so you would unveil what it is, and obviously also back then they gave you fucking pudding and sh- cake pudding, and sh- ice cream, there was an appetizer, there were snacks, oh, they were set. So good. And then, um, and then, yeah, once, by the time I had back surgery, I had to call an order, and it was just kind of shitty food, but um i love that so the shriners was kind of like at a complex of other hospitals like dornbecker which is like kind of like i think where kids with like more like cancer and other chronic illnesses go um 
and but it was also connected to like OHSU it was so it was connected to a lot of other hospitals like by sky bridges and so there's a Starbucks in one of them so when I was on my long hospital say they were like we don't do this for most kids but when you're here a long time and you literally need to get the fuck out because you're going stir crazy um <laughs> like we you know take you over to to the Starbucks and get you a little something so that was a very fun adventure and like I totally feel that with the like whenever it was my last day in the hospital my mom would bring me an egg McMuffin from McDonald's <laughs> oh it was the best um but I um yeah like with the with the having people visit and stuff um so during my spine oh well during my infection from my spinal surgery um literally when they told me that I needed to be like admitted because I was gonna be fucking staying there a while um I cried through the entire hospital because as they were like admitting me because um I was going to have to miss the home safe concert um and I had been waiting so long for them to like go on a full U.S. tour come to Portland and I was so upset and um and it was really upsetting my daughter (laughs) she felt so bad um and um amidst all the chaos somehow my mom my friends who were literally like running the show all of that um made it happen where home safe came and visited me also in the middle of an ice storm so don't know how they pulled that off but they're from chicago so um you know makes more sense uh and i think uh if i remember right because i was really high um which you will get to that uh i'm pretty sure chase hugland was also um with them because i think he was on that tour and yeah um it was here's the thing I try to just simply not think about those memories because it obviously the nicest thing ever so grateful like it lifted my spirits so much and then they live streamed like my friend set up her laptop to live stream the show for me um like made my whole night I wrote a show review about it like it was a whole thing um but like I try not to think about those memories too much because I was literally so high and then afterwards <laughs> I they almost had to give me a blood transfusion because I like I as soon as they left I was like so dehydrated because my room had gotten so hot and I was just so overwhelmed because that was a lot happening um <laughs> that uh that it, it's like I immediately had to pee I had to they literally had to yeah they had to prick my finger and make sure I didn't need a blood transfusion because oh I was so like warm from the room being so warm. it was like very there was a lot going on but I try not to think about it too much because I'm like obviously like when you're recovering from that kind of shit like you're not fully there even though I was like better than when I had the initial surgery it's like I'm just like I don't know I feel like and also like socializing in front of your parents and doctor it's a very awkward situation right. um yeah you don't want to like overthink and you're it. in such a vulnerable state I definitely said shit that I like I if I, I literally I can't think about it because I'm like I don't want to I don't want to ruin the memory by cringing about shit that I said but <laughs> um anyway but it was very nice and um it's like funny because um you know my doctors are like who the fuck is this random ass band from chicago that you're like dying to see um and then i'm pretty sure my next surgery they asked me what i i because i didn't know my surgeons listen to music in the operating room um because apparently they're just fucking rocking out while they're washing my spine or whatever um and 
um, they they asked me if I had any requests, and so they played Knuckle Puck <laughs> while they were knocking me out. Um, and then they said that they couldn't stand it, and they switched it to the hipster barbecue radio station on Pandora. Because everything is copacetic. Right? I'm like, excuse me, you changed it from Knuckle Puck to hipster barbecue what the fuck is that i'm dying that's why they couldn't stand knuckle pie. um when i was in the hospital when i was in high school i think it was for my port andy grammar came to visit me because <laughs> <laughs> he was playing a college show nearby Amazing. so they had him just visit the children's ward and like let me preface this by saying that like I stayed in the pediatric wing in the hospital until I was at least, like, 22. Um, because, again, my CF doctor at the time was a pediatric doctor, so they would just put me in the pediatric wing. And pediatric it's a children's wing. disease. <laughs> and it's a children's disease. Hey, man, they had, they, they, they didn't, you know, that's why I think it's funny that they were making a CF wing of the hospital. Because I'm like, you're being very hopeful, man. We are not, uh, <laughs> we are not known to live this long. Anyway, um... So Annie Grammer came by, and I remember, like, <laughs> trying, again, of just being a little bit loopy on meds, just having surgery, stuff like that, trying to get him to follow me on Twitter, and he wouldn't. <laughs> and I was like, Andy, you should totally follow me on Twitter. Like, come, you know, hang out, like, sassforassrootsates on Twitter.com. Oh. And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, I was, like, obviously making this man uncomfortable, because, <laughs> like, the other people in the room, the other kids, uh, and uh, the other kids, like, seeing him are like little babies like seven-year-olds and then you have this 18-year-old that's like sup dude like follow me on twitter like oh let me let me you know, like my tweets um and i have a picture with him but it's like the like i looked crazed because i'm in a hospital gown haven't washed my hair in like five days <laughs> haven't taken a proper shower in five days i probably reeked and he's probably like this like woman won't leave me alone <laughs> and a few years later, he did this song for the Five Feet Apart movie. So I'd like to think that I inspired that <laughs> moment in him. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, otherwise, we had a lot of therapy dogs that came to visit us, which I have a bunch of pictures of them. They were very sweet. They they got to sit on everybody else's beds. But because, again, of, like, trying to not pet the dog that a bunch of other dirty kids just pet, I could only, pet, like, be out in the hallway and I can, like... Gave it a little pat on the head, and then I had to hand sanitize my hands, and that was it. Ugh. But they had business cards for the therapy dogs. Like, I remember I got one afterwards for this little, like, it was like a little black and white pug. I don't remember her name, but I had her business card. I was like, yeah, let me just, like, call you to like, bring your dog to my What house. if you just called the pug up? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, pug? <laughs> um, that, yeah. we. I feel like we had therapy dogs, too, and I always said, no, I don't want to fucking see them because I was terrified of dogs, so. Oh. What, yeah. a therapy cat? That would have been nice. Um, I feel like, I don't know, maybe. Although, yeah, we always joked about sneaking the cat in. Um, and oh. then, um, and then <laughs> I don't, we randomly had, like, somebody in a large bee costume visit. I don't know why. I don't know if this was when the fucking B movie was coming. I, like, I literally don't know. But I have an actual physical Polaroid with the B. <laughs> I remember, like, it was around Valentine's Day when I was in the hospital, when I was, like, at another elementary school visit. There was, like, a local high school that came by to drop off these little gift bags that they made. And there's these two girls 
that came into my room to give me the little bag. It was just had some candy. I think they made like little friendship bracelets and stuff like that. And I remember those girls hung out in my room for a little bit, like, because they were just sitting there talking to me because I was like the oldest person in the room at the time, you know, from even being in elementary school. And I just remember the girls like sitting there and just like shooting the shit with a bunch of like, like two high school girls. And I was like, wow, this is like, like, that's one of my like first like core memories where I was like, these girls think I'm cool. Like, oh my I God. really like this. I, okay. That reminds me because yeah, I really relate to like the whole, like being at a children's, like, like uh, in my case, like a children's hospital when you're an adult, uh, because my yes. nowadays they don't let you stay past 18, but they let me stay till I was like 21, 22 and, um, or 20. I guess I was, like, 20 or 21. I don't know. But as a result, like, especially the nurses and stuff, a lot of them were, like, you know, pretty fresh from school. They're very young. And my night nurses in particular, with spine surgery, you have to be constantly rolled so you can't just stay in one – because you also can't easily roll yourself. So you had to either be on your back, on your side, or on your other side. And so they would come and roll you and – um, I literally, in my, we would bond, they'd be rolling me over, and we'd be, we'd be freaking hanging out, (laughs) they were my favorites, um, and I was like, if I ever have a band, um, I'm calling it the Night Rollers, (laughs) it kind of sounds epic, because it kind of sounds like fucking, like, roller skating or something, but no, it's my fucking night nurses, um, yeah, right, um, so that was, that was pretty good stuff. I used to, yeah, like, when I was in elementary school and stuff, my my class and, like, my brother's, like, class would, like, make me, like, cards and stuff, which was cute and nice. Oh, yeah, I got one of them, too. There was one time where they made me cards, and it was, it was nice. I remember one kid had a lot of spelling mistakes that I held to, you know, that I still held against him when we were in high school when I would... Uh, I would really bully him about that. I mean, like, what? You're in fourth grade. So, like, of course your spelling's not going to be the best. But he wrote fell better instead of feel better. So, oh, like, he kind of oh, asked for yeah. that. There's definitely a lot of those. There was a time where I was in the hospital, and I, I had to look this up. I was in the hospital when um, the, like, I vividly remember hearing about, like, it's called, like, Miracle on the Hudson, where, like, the Captain Sully landed the Holy plane shit. on the Hudson River. <laughs> I, th- that's a core memory. Was I was in the hospital during that. So, like, I remember hearing that on the news. My parents talking about, like, watching the news the entire day. And I kept thinking, because the hospital I was staying at was on um, the Navasink River in New Jersey. I kept thinking that I was going to see the plane floating down the Navasink. But <laughs> obviously you wouldn't. It's not connected. <laughs> I was like, wow, like... That was, like, literally a core memory. It was, like, literally hearing about Captain Sully landing that plane on the Hudson River and how there was no injuries. Everybody survived. And it was a miracle thing that he did. Uh, core memory right there. Like, not even kidding. <laughs> so, when I would go to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, um, I would do these, like, drug trials there. And they were, like, I think because a lot of, so like, children that have CF have a really hard time gaining weight and, like, maintaining nutrition. And a lot of them face, like, um, a lot of, like, malnutrition malnutrition issues when they were younger because their body couldn't absorb nutrients. And it was kind of just, like, what food do you give a child that won't eat but, like, needs to, needs to eat more, like, twice as much as what they're doing right now. So they would give us these, like, protein powders that you had to mix in with foods and with, like, 
all this, all, all these different stuff, because they're trying to figure out, like, how to even, like, market this so people can eat it, and, like, kids can eat it, and, um, I would go to the hospital, I would go to Philly, and they would mix this, like, powder and almost, like, all these foods that I ate to try to figure out, like, what worked with it best, but it was a very thick protein powder, and they would try to mix it in with these, like, cakes and stuff, and it was, like, a cake that was, like, in a plastic container. You put the protein powder in and then you put the cake mix powder in like that and then you mix it you put the microwave you take it out and then you eat it but it never mixed the powder never mixed right so you're eating it and there's just this huge glob of like white powder inside this chocolate cake and I always have this vivid memory of trying to eat that and it was disgusting because it never mixed like it was still very powdery and it had a very like off vanilla taste to it so it was just very like it could not mask that well and when I was also like in the hospital doing these drug trials as well there was another one that I did that I can't remember exactly like what they were even testing for but it would like I think it was just um your breathing rhythm when you're resting so I would sit on a hospital bed that was more like a gurney it wasn't even a hospital bed so it was still it was uncomfortable I'd have to wear this like spaceman bubble over my head and sit there not moving for two hours. Holy shit. They would put on a Disney movie while I was sitting there. I would watch like Finding Nemo or Toy Story or something. But like every time I would move, she would have to write down the time that I moved and what I moved, like my arm or my legs. And they, I remember halfway during it, they were like, stop moving. Like you're moving so much. But I'm like, I'm not comfortable. Like, how can I be sitting here comfortable? Like, sitting straight up with, like, my legs flat out, not even a pillow under my knees to make it a little bit more comfortable. And sitting in, like, a dark room like that by yourself with, like, the person conducting the study. And I just remember not even being able to finish because of how much I was moving and how I was, like, I couldn't get comfortable. No matter what I did, I couldn't get comfortable. Because I was, like, realistically, when you're home and if you were doing this test... Like, if you weren't doing this test and you're watching a movie, how many times do you think you get up and move? Like, or even just move your legs, change your position on the couch, go to the bathroom, like, stuff like that. There's a lot of trials I per- that I participated in like that, and some of them, you'd get to the end, and they said they would pay you, and they never did. Ooh. Like, there's another one that I did through my doctor's office at my hospital, like, a few years ago. That was this, like, testing thing. It was, like... I think it was for, like, chronically ill kids that had depression. So it was, they would, like, have you fill out this form and watch, like, silly YouTube videos to see if it made you feel better. And it was never, like, it was, like, they would send, the videos they would send you were, like, epic rap battles of history to watch. What And I was, like, what the fuck? (laughs) Why am I watching this? Or, like, it's, like, a, you know, when they do, like, debates, like, it's, like, a Trump-Biden debate, but, like, they would, like, do mock voices so they would do voiceovers over biden's voice of him saying silly things they would make you watch those and i was like they're not funny i i am 19 years old why would i think something that like joe biden saying poop is funny and like i that was another one they were supposed to pay me for and they never did and my doctor's offices end up giving me 50 bucks because they felt bad that they didn't pay me oh my god and like I think that those are the main, like, two drug trials that I remember. There were some of them that I actually got offered to do at, like, Columbia University in New York. But they were ones that they didn't pay you for. And they would compensate your parking and stuff like that. But it was, like, 
at the time I was in college. So I was like, I have a job. I have to go to school. Like, I can't just miss time. And the fact that you're asking chronically ill people to just like miss hours for your study, but not even to compensate them with anything. Sometimes like they'd be like, oh, a $25 Amazon gift card. It's like, but you, you're asking me to be here every day for a week straight. So obviously even in that end of things is that like, it would be more financially, like it would be, it would be a lot better if I stayed in a hospital, stayed at a hotel rather than coming back and forth every day. Yeah. But I'm not staying in a hospital and I'm not staying in a hotel in New York for, you know, using my own money for this stuff, like to not even be reimbursing you. And I was like, for a big college too, like you guys have the, like these research programs should obviously account for things like that. And I would imagine now that they do, because this was like very early in the days of like when they would open that stuff up for the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my doctors being like, you should totally get into this. You should totally try this. And I'm like, I do not have the disposable income to stay in New York, to go to New York every day like this. Like, that's just not feasibly possible. No. It is interesting. Yeah, because I never had, like, drug trials. But, like, especially with us being connected to, like, OHSU and stuff. And I'm sure you experience, I'm sure kids everywhere experience this regardless of where they're at. Um, a lot of, like, students who are like learning like I don't know if they're residents I don't know if they're like what they're doing or if they're just there for the day like shadowing like would come in and stuff and like um I do remember one time like that I was used like I I was so young I hardly remember it I just remember laying on like an exam table in like a sort of auditorium thing at the hospital with all these like doctors or I don't know if they were students I don't know who they were but they were like I don't know having I don't know they were doing stuff with my legs bending them doing I I have no idea I don't really remember I just remember laying there in front of all of them and then um and then I also remember one time like when I was just at my regular doctor's appointment and there was like a student doctor or whatever it's like they were, like, you know, examining my legs, seeing how they worked mm-hmm. and stuff. And he, like, I had my le- my left leg bent just, like, I was laying on my back. I was laying on my back, and I had my left leg just, like, bent, like, up in the air. And he, like, tried to move the lower half of my leg outwards. And I'm like, your leg doesn't do that. Nobody's leg fucking does that. Like, oh. like bending it out like holding my knees still but bending my like the lower half of my leg out and I cried and because like I that was the other thing too as you're a kid you can't really speak up like you don't know how to speak up for yourself and be like this hurts this is uncomfortable I don't like that you know you're not taught that and like I think too is like the like body autonomy when you're younger too because of like when I was in the hospital a lot we'd always have residents that would come in the rooms and they would like what I what I really got accustomed to doing is like so when they would come in and they'd be like, you have CF and like what's you know they would talk to you about everything and I'd be like yeah like a big thing with people that have CF they have clubbed fingers because of due to like oxygen restriction when you're in the womb mm-hmm. you have more rounded fingers so when they would come in and be like do you have clubbed fingers I'd go like no <laughs> and I would flip them off with oh, both my fingers my because God. I would never because I because like they would they would do it in a really like invasive way when they looked at your hands and it really made me uncomfortable because of like you know just like being a girl you have nail polish on and they were like and you know it would make the it would or like you have longer nails so it's kind of hard to tell if you have club fingers and I just would hate how like they would make they would hold your hand and they would really look at it and like squeeze it and like flatten it and it was just like made me very uncomfortable because yeah. it was like 
they it's almost like they didn't know how to ask you what they wanted like or what they were looking for so they just felt like they could touch you yeah and i'm like you can't just touch me and like i remember one time one of them wanted to like feel my stomach for like feeling um because like when you're like with cf it's like when you're really bloated your stomach can get really hard so they wanted to like feel my stomach but i was like no i'm not, I'm actually not comfortable with you doing that and this and it was like an oh like type of response where it's like yeah you're you're not allowed like i understand that you're doing this for your studies and things but you're not allowed to just touch me yeah and like especially when you get older and like you know your your body's growing and stuff like that it's like you don't want to be perceived by these people that are also only a few years older than you mm-hmm. um and i feel like i just got to the point where i was like i would rather not have any residents come in my room because i would i don't like how you guys act i don't like how you guys talk to me and like Anytime that I would learn that someone's a resident at a hospital, I was like, well, make sure you're, you know, remembering that that's a person that you're touching and not just your little freaky science experiment for the day. Because that's how a lot of you people acted was like, I was a frog on a dissecting table. Like, I will bite you and I will hurt your feelings on the way out. (laughs) This is an extremely inappropriate time for me to bring this up. But during my last hospital stay, I can't remember if he was a resident or a nurse or what, but he was really (laughs) hot. And that's the thing, is they're only a few years older than you. And you're like, oh my god, I'm at the children's hospital. I am, this is not, this is not right. Always a patient and never a bride. Oh god, he was hot. And I, you know. There was a lot of cute ones. Hot nurses carry. (laughs) They carry the medical industry. You need a crush, you need a crush everywhere you fucking go to carry you through that experience and I thank him for his service but also he was very respectful and I also appreciate that. If I had a guy nurse now, I think that I would definitely be like, hi (laughs) like, I'm gonna take a shower more than once a week (laughs) cause it's just kinda like, I don't know, like like we say you gotta have a crush to get through the day, man otherwise, what am I living for? What am I doing any of this? (laughs) When I thought my appendix ruptured and I was in the ER and there was a nurse there and it was someone that like my mom was like, oh, he was a resident when you were younger here. And I was like, wow, it's so crazy because like realistically, he's only he was only like seven years older than me. And I remember like referring to my appendix as a dirty old shoe and <laughs> that like being like hilarious and i was like you think that's funny wow <laughs> but like with the body autonomy stuff that is really interesting because i've just kind of never really thought about it and mm, that's so much fun to unpack someday um and speaking of which i'm very curious if you have like i don't know triggers from like your time in the hospital spending so much time in the hospital like for me like if I hear, like, if my mom's watching, like, a medical-related show or something, if I hear, like, hospital beeping, like, especially, like, the, um, like, finger oxygen thing, if you would, like, not be breathing right and it would yell at you or whatever, yes. um, like, that is so triggering to me because I'm, like, I'm breathing, I'm breathing. Like, um, I, when I visited the Capitol, um, the, there's a, like a bell that goes off when it's time for a floor vote so that way all the legislators know to get down to the floor to vote and it was in a rhythm and sound that was so fucking similar to hospital beeping that I was just like I'm breathing I'm alive (laughs) like I'm just like it's so triggering to me because I'm like because I don't know nothing feels real when you're like under anesthesia or like on a bunch of drugs in the hospital and so it's like I'm like, oh my god, did I, like, did I somehow, like, end up in the hospital and I didn't know it? It's, like, so triggering to me. 
Right? Like, am I in a coma right now? Literally. <laughs> I'm like, am I about to wake up? <laughs> oh my god, everyone will be so pleased. But especially oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to think of any triggers. I do think that, like, when I watch the things, like the Five Feet Apart movie or just any media that had somebody with CF... It always really bothered me that it was never, like, it couldn't even be further, it, it couldn't be further from medically accurate. Oh, yeah. As if, like, y'all didn't even try. Which I know. Obviously, it's drama. It's fiction. It's not real. Which I interpret that to be true so much of the time that then I assume it's so far off that then when you're like, oh, yeah, see if people can't be around each other, that I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget that's actually true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like. I, I think the thing that, like, triggered me the most when I even watched, like, watching the Five Feet Apart movie was, like, the one character, lung, lungs collapsed, and he killed over and died right there. And um, I knew someone that her lung collapsed, and she literally drove herself to the hospital. Yeah. So it's, like, you know, obviously of, like, things where it's, like, when it's, like, really far off the point, and it's, like, a very dramatized thing of your lung collapsing... And you're just dead immediately. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm sure in severe cases, right. But, like, if you're in a hospital, you're acting like they're just going to, like, pull the, you know, fabric over your eyes and, like, start, <laughs> you know, filling you with formaldehyde. Like, it's literally not true. Um, but I do think that, like, smell, oh, like, that yeah. very hospital smell, I do think then, okay, so in hospital rooms, when they would have that, like, happiness to sadness chart, yeah. and it was, like, rate your pain... I think that that permanently fucked up the way that I, like, uh, tolerate pain nowadays. Because, like, I would be in severe pain when I was younger in the hospital, and I would say, like, I'm at a 10. And they would, they'd be like, well, if you're in a 10, you'd be, like, passing out from much pain that you're in, or you would be a lot, like, you wouldn't be able to convey to us that you're a 10. And I was like, okay, so nowadays, when I have pain, I, like, don't know what to rate it, because I feel like a 10 is too high, Mm. even though, like, I just am in a lot of pain where like maybe this is a 10 and I don't I I don't know I've never felt that much pain before to tell when it's a 10. A thing that I've heard them do like when my mom's been in the hospital more recently is before they she has an operation or whatever they'll ask what a normal like on the pain scale what a like tolerable number is for her so that way they have that to compare to afterwards instead which I'm like that is that makes so much more sense than just like this vague scale that yeah means something different to everyone yeah because like you know i feel like my baseline pain every day is probably like between at least a three to five but then when it's like worse i'm like am i being too dramatic to say that it's a seven or an eight um i like that they're at least changing that that's you know they're trying i guess (laughs) or like i remember too they added like charts with words uh like adjectives to help describe your pain that was good too another thing that like triggers me is like anytime i get like a warm sheet (laughs) the warm blankets yeah the warm blankets like, I remember getting a warm blanket. Like, literally, like, when I got my nails done and she puts the the warm towel over my hands afterwards yeah. to, like, help the lotion soak in more. I'm like, wow, this is just, like, when I was in the hospital <laughs> and they put a warm blanket on me. Or, like, a warm blanket from out of the dryer. Um, it was always a big, like, I have to remind myself that I'm not in the hospital right now. Right? Oh, my God. My other big one is, like, cast saw sounds or similar sounds. So, like... Even just, like, a fucking table saw sound is kind of similar. And I'm like, yuck. I'm like, ugh. 
I don't like that. But yeah, no, hospital smell sucks. Because it just means you've spent too fucking long there. <laughs> like, specifically, like, when yeah. you, like, the smell when you, like, are, because you can't smell it while you're there. It's when you come home and you can smell it on you. <laughs> yes, or just, like, that first day when you wake up in that room. Because, like, whenever I'd be in the hospital, just because of admission and things like that, it's, like, I would end up waking up and the hospital like I would end up like going to bed like really late in the hospital that night and then waking up in the morning for like my first full day and um that was always like well like I uh, you know I feel like that's what I remember the smells the most um another triggering thing to me is Valentine's Day because I think I spent Valentine's Day in the hospital on two separate occasions oh wow so like I've always thought of like the decorations in the hospital rooms for Valentine's Day of the really cheesy red and pink hearts and stuff like that but I was like you know, and again, like, those girls before make me friendship bracelets and stuff like that. And, like, Valentine's Day stuff. And give me Valentine's Day candy. And, like, the first time people gave me Valentine's Day candy, I was in the hospital. <laughs> well, one miscellaneous thing that I forgot to mention in our first episode related to my existence is that I don't have a normal nose. I think it's related to just, like, missing cartilage in other places in my body. Like, I'm assuming that's why, like, I can bend uh, my hands flat to my wrists, like I was saying, and stuff. I assume there's, like, cartilage or something missing there. Um, And because I think missing cartilage is, like, related to my specific, like, uh, gene mutation or whatever. And, um... And so in my nose, like, you can push my nose flat. And also I have literally no nose bridge at all. Um, <laughs> like, I have, like, obviously the bone that's between your eyes, you know. But, like, I ha- it doesn't stick out. Like, it's just there. Like, it doesn't slope out to be a nose. And then, yeah, I can push my nose flat. So I don't know if I could ever break my nose. I could break the bone between my eyes. But um, I don't think I can break my nose because there's nothing in there to break. <laughs> wow when i it's interesting to think about and then seeing you wear glasses yeah well and every time i go to the optometrist or whatever they're like yeah you have to have glasses with nose pads because that's the only way they're going to stay up your face which i recently oh that was the other thing i got my glasses readjusted in the past week and it's like oh my god having my having my nose pads pushed back where they're supposed to be it's like oh my glasses stay up where they're supposed to how life-changing is that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like I use I usually get so much uh, sunscreen from my face onto the bottoms of my glasses, and it's like oh now that they're fixed my glasses don't even touch my cheeks. <laughs> oh man, I should have had them tight my glasses when I saw my optometrist because there's a screw loose on one side and I just never did anything about it. Oh yeah, I've my the like arms on my glasses were so loose that I was I found myself. The morning I was going, I found myself shaking them open because they were so loose. And now I have to, like, manually, very aggressively close them and open them because they're nice and stiff how they're supposed to be. But hopefully my prescription sunglasses will be in soon and I'll really be thriving. Yes. That's why I'm, like, not too worried about my glasses because I got my contacts I can wear. True. Well, on the final segment of the pod, we are begging to answer the question, Cassie, how are you really? 
what's going on you know this past week's been such a whirlwind i haven't had uh much of a chance to psychoanalyze myself but i feel like i'm doing okay i think um you know i'm going into the final week of the term and i think generally i don't know i think school's good i think things are pretty good right now i don't have therapy tor- until towards the end of the month because i was able to space it out more once i stabilized um but I think kind of the main thing I'm probably grappling with right now is just being like, okay, I'm having fun. I'm spending more time on myself, but like, I think it still bothers me that I can't and am not really doing any organizing stuff. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's like so hard for me to not feel guilty because I'm like, I am having fun. I am spending time on myself so in my mind I'm like well I could be spending that time doing stuff to organize save the fucking world you know and I'm like oh my god it's I it, there's just so little time in the day and I just I don't know it's I don't know I need to talk to more people about it and get their thoughts how they how they balance things how they do this because I'm just like I I don't know how it just I hate that life balance is something I just continue to struggle with yeah um but I don't know because it's like I um I found myself like being inspired to like write songs and stuff this weekend and I was just like man like I really love doing this stuff but it's just like it's so hard that it feels like it's the difference between like actually taking full care of myself or like doing work that I feel like really matters and it just is hard but I'm doing really well because I've been having so much fun and I just wish that the world didn't need saving (laughs) the life balance thing is very hard to figure out and it's something where like even when you do feel like you have it down one thing goes disarray and it ruins the whole thing Mm -hmm. or you know you have one extra thing on your plate this week so it's kind of harder to keep it under wraps and you know, and yeah, I do think like, you know, talking to other people, especially other people that organize, it's kind of just like, how do you guys do this? Like, And I feel like the problem is the answer is that they don't balance. They either do too much or they wish they were doing more or whatever. And I just, a, a lot of people don't balance. They swing to either end of the spectrum and it just, it's really rough because uh, it, surprise, surprise the system is designed this way for us to not have the time to do everything we need to do and it sucks yeah it's like you'll face this like inevitable burnout either way well and like you said like the like one thing goes wrong or different it's like for me it's almost like the fun stuff comes in kind of waves like literally I had you know like last month I had you know a fun weekend and then it's like this month I had a fun weekend and it's just kind of like it just kind of comes randomly and like in kind of waves and not consistent it's just it's just hard yeah I can get that but I'm having fun having fun that's the most important part damn right eating a lot of ice cream so yes 100% and seeing bands multiple times I mean listen you're seeing Boy Genius soon it's still over a month away but um, it's still something very fun to look forward to oh god yeah that's that's all I think about really well (laughs) right now I'm fully focused on Louie in a couple weeks but yes true um, 
yeah, no, I have so much to look forward to this summer, and I'm probably going to more soccer games, because I can't yeah. help it. <laughs> I love soccer, and they're cheaper than concerts. <laughs> right, and it's a little fun outing, like, I, I get it, it's a little, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot more like, you don't have to be so emotionally invested into it. Yeah, exactly. How are you really? How am I really? Mm, God only knows. I I feel like I go through these phases of just like being really like in tune with my life and then just being like, oh my God, a month went by. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of how I've been feeling. Um, I am excited to get back into doing markets and stuff. There's a spider on my cable on my laptop. I thought you were going to say it deleted the whole episode. <laughs> no. Oh my God. No. I don't know what to do. Live narration, Mariah is murdering a spider. I got it. Mariah, I didn't want to have to do that. But. Mariah killed a spider live on the pod. No, oh, I took a life. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How are you really now? <laughs> uh, God, that like adrenaline spike was very scary there. Because at first I thought it was a tick. Ooh. And I hate ticks. They gross me out. And I... I have a pure fear of them. I usually take ticks and I burn them with a lighter because I hate them that much. Um, so I was like, damn, I don't have a lighter on me right now <laughs> to burn this tick in my room. It's a spider. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, that's why I kind of like have markets and stuff to look forward to. And like markets that like, I hate to say it, but I know are going to be good shows to do because I feel very inspired to make things. I feel inspired to just like be there. So like I have two coming up that I'm looking forward to. One is that like, um, I mean, by the time you listen to this, this market will already have happened, but it's at an outside like beach bar by me called the Sandbox and it has really good food trucks. So I'm looking forward to like having a lobster roll as I vend and like drink, just like being outside and being in that like general area and that vicinity with other vendors and just like having a good time. Yeah. Um, and also like, I love drunk people cause they spend their money. Like it's nobody's business. Yep. And I just, like, I don't know, I do feel a bit more creatively creatively inspired, and I think it's because of, like, that me making those vendor display things for my table. Like, I feel, like, a little bit more, like, oh, wow, like, I can do this. I can actually, you know, like, feel excited about my business and to do things like this. And, um, it, which kind of sucks that, like, I feel like this now in June, because, like, in July, I'm not going to have too much going on because I'm going to be on vacation, which will take up like two weekends because it's like a weekend, a weekend. Um, and in August, it's really hot. So I don't really like to do vendor events outside. Um, but I don't know. I'm just hoping that I can kind of just like keep this momentum going and maybe do a website update for y'all that don't live in New Jersey. <laughs> um, I'm also planning on visiting my friend in Connecticut soon. And we're going to go to Boston and get a tattoo. Um, and I'm very excited for that. Um, I want to get like a little Korok from Breath of the Wild, uh, the little like forest spirit critters. We were looking up some designs and I saw like a really cute one of one sitting down. So I really want to get it. And I like always like the idea of getting a tattoo on like my bicep or like my forearm on like the inside. So I was like thinking like those, that's probably the place that I'll get it. Um, and I don't know, I'm looking forward to the summer. I'm just being able to, like, spend time outside and a little bit more lax and, like, hopefully get back into reading and maybe go to the beach once or twice. But um, I guess I'm just, like, also trying to, like, reframe my perspective on life and realize, like, 
things are beautiful and I don't have to have a mental breakdown every day. There was two times this week where I woke up and had a panic attack on two separate days. And it was days where like I didn't sleep that well. So like I kind of felt like it really, really started my day off on a bad foot. And I was like mm. sleep deprived the entire day as well. Um, and I don't know. Sometimes when that happens to me, I don't know how to get out of it. And I don't know how to just like help reframe my perspective and stuff afterwards. Yeah. Like it's kind of like something that like will ruin my whole day. No matter if I, you know, if I let it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Life is all about balance. Yeah, and I I really hear you in the terms of having stuff to look forward to. That's actually something I did talk about last time in therapy. It was just, like, it's actually, like, hard, though, at least for me, to still, like, look forward to stuff and, like, p- uh, invest emotional energy into stuff happening in the future because COVID taught me to not be it like nothing is predictable like right you know don't trust you know things too far out in the future um and I even think about that with like you planning to come visit next year I I like whenever I find myself getting excited about it I'm like Cassie the world could fucking explode between now and then chill out <laughs> like, really like it's just like it's it just like sucks like because I, I I lo- like literally having stuff to look forward to does keep me going and so it's like it's really hard to find that balance of okay, but what if it's like what if something happens, but also not being a fucking understand. nihilist, you know? And yeah, not letting it ruin your whole mood about it because like I do get that. Like there's sometimes where I'm looking forward to something, and then like a week before that thing, I'm like, oh my god, what if this goes wrong? Like what if something bad happens? And I'm like, you know, what if something bad happens? What am I gonna do? I can't stop it. Like you know, I I try to just like. I don't know. It's something that, like, it's, like, helpful to work on, but I don't know how the hell to work on it. Um, and that's why I was even thinking, like, for coming out to visit you, I'm like, that's why I gotta get my Amtrak tickets when I can, because I'm like, this way, we know it's, like, pretty much solidified after that point, unless the world explodes. deathly ill. (laughs) I fall deathly ill, and I just don't make it. (laughs) And you'll be coming to New Jersey for a funeral. Oh, God. <laughs> That's Sorry. not how we're meeting. <laughs> I would. <laughs> that would be horrible. Yeah. That would be the worst. That would, that would not. easily be the worst thing in the world. That would be really. Okay. So now that we've catastrophized that much, we know it'll be better than that. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, because I literally, lately, all the fun things I've been doing, I'm like, I wish Mariah was here. <laughs> Dude, that's, like, sometimes I do things and I'm, like, I, like, (laughs) it sounds crazy. I think about you, like, everywhere. (laughs) No, literally. I'm, like, man, like, right now I'd love to hang out with Cassie. Like, I would love to just sit in my room with Cassie and, like, read read books. It's, like, what's the thing? Like, parallel play? Like, that's us. Like, just doing things next to each other, but, like, not the same thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I think about that or I just think about, like, you know, wanting to just go out to lunch with someone or go out to get food. And I'm like, I wish I was a Cassie right now. I know. Like, I tried a fun new drink. I wish I could bring this to Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> I did just try a sparkling ice strawberry lemonade that I caught at the wedding y- yesterday. Oh my so God. I just finished that. And I had never had one of the sparkling ice drinks. And now I'm like, oh, I'm hooked. Is it like sparkling juice? It's sparkling, flavored sparkling water. So it's like a whole five calories, but it somehow has like vitamins and stuff in it. I've had those before. I don't know if I like them or not, though. I never, re- I see them at Target. I never reach for them. I have with me today is a 
one liter Dasani water bottle that I got at the movies yesterday that this water bottle was like $6. So I was like, you bet I'm finishing the whole thing. I'm not just going to feed it to my plants today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm almost done with it. But it's very comically large. But it makes sense because, I mean, if you're eating popcorn, it's very salty. So you're drinking a lot of water. Yeah. Also, I was like, a liter-sized water bottle makes sense for being $6, but not a 16-ounce smart water bottle, which is also the same price. You tell them. Ugh, the movies rip you off. I spent like 20 bucks on just snacks. You will, and I, that has been my mantra this year, is who gives a fuck I'm buying this. <laughs> which may be problematic um, for future me that won't be able to afford that forever, but... Um, actually, no, I've decided all my financial goals <laughs> now revolve around being able to afford snacks. No, I agree. Sometimes, like, when I go somewhere, I'm like, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a fun treat, because, well, I didn't even talk about this this week. What? I can't believe I didn't talk what? about it. Me locking my keys in my running car. Holy shit! Oh, oh my god! Tell the people! Tell okay. the people! Okay, so I literally can't believe I didn't talk about this, because I was like, what did I do this week? You my had, you erased an it. entire day. You're, I literally blocked it out. It's trauma. So on Thursday, I went to work and I park in the same like um, accessibility spot, like kind of a little bit down the street from my job. And like at the time that I was parking there, they were doing a lot of construction and it was very loud and overstimulating. And I was also very attentive to the fact that they put up this new fencing next to the spot. And I was like really thrown off by it because I was like if you had a van that needed to unload a wheelchair or like a scooter you would have to strategically park in this spot to avoid that fencing because I was like that's like why would they even put that there you're putting it against like a tree and it's like you really don't need it there people's dogs are gonna piss on that tree whether that fence is there or not so I was very attentive to that and I was also just like a little bit overstimulated in that moment because like I was late to work my brother had to get something in the back of my car so it was this whole thing and I ended up just getting out of the car, locking my doors. But, like, the thing is with my car is I don't have a button on the keys that locks the keys. I have to manually lock and unlock each door. So when I go up to the door, i got to put the key in the door, to turn it, unlock it, get in the car. And then if my someone else is getting on the passenger side, lean over and pull up the thing on the other side to let the person in. So when I was getting out of the car, it's just a habitual thing. of When I open the door, the first thing I do is I open the door and I lock the door. So this way when I get out, I shut it and it's already locked. So I locked that door. My brother locked his door and I'm walking to work, not even realizing that my car is still running, but it's because again, it was so loud in that environment that I couldn't tell that it was still running. So I'm at my job. I'm in work. I'm in work. Two hours go by and I was like, oh, I have to go get something for my car and I'm looking for my keys and I couldn't find my car keys. And all I could think was like, I left, I dropped my keys outside my car. I like my keys are on the seat in my car. Like somebody could have easily stolen my car. So then I was walking to the parking spot and I was like, if my car's not there, what am I going to do? Like if my car got stolen, what literally, what am I going to do? So I go up to my car, it's still there and it's running. My eyes go right to my keys in the ignition. And I'm like, holy shit, I've locked my keys in my car with the car running for the past like two, almost three hours now at this point. And like, I really wasn't that upset by it. Honestly, I was kind of shocked that I was just so stupid and I did that, that I was kind of just like staring at my car, acting like my eyes were just going to magically make it open. But I was also a bit, a little bit of like hysterical laughing because I was just like, (laughs) like my brain was deteriorating in that moment because I just didn't know what to do. And, um, I go back into my job and I was like, 
I was like freaking out. I was like, I locked my keys in my car. My car's running. I locked my keys in my car and my car is running. So I ended up um, having to call my mom and she brought me my spare. And um, I had to like, you know, we were able to unlock the car. Things were fine. But like, I didn't have a lot of gas. So I was like, the worst case scenario was that my car was going to run out of gas and I would have needed to fill the car up you know, have someone go get gas, fill a canister up for me and bring it back or like, um, that and like have someone jumpstart my car. Like I was like, there's a lot of things that are going wrong right now that could easily just go worse. Um, and it turned out to be fine. I mean, like people lock their keys in their car all the time, but I just locking your keys in the car while the car is running is a new level of like, (laughs) what the fuck? Um, so I was, uh, you know, things are fine. And all I did was like, when I was even work was I got gas and then I just like, you know, was able to go home, but I was just so bamboozled that I did that. You got got. I got got. I literally got got by myself. Damn. Like, I really screwed myself over that, that moment. And I literally was like, because I was like, my, I was like, if somebody saw my car running, like, my coworker was like, oh, we could try to, like, get the door open. And I'm like, the thing is, is that, like, if you try to get the door open and we break the door... I just don't have time, and I also don't want to go get my door fixed. Like, I don't want to have to go spend money to get my door fixed. Like, and, you know, you can't call the police in scenarios like this because it's not an emergency. It's not like there's a child in the car or anything or a pet where, like, it was a a hazard. Um, But all I could think of was, like, during that time that my mom was bringing me my spare, I was like, what if someone tries to break into my car and steals it? Like, I kept kind of walking outside to make sure that it was still there. But I did enjoy those blissful two hours of that unaware of that that even <laughs> happened to me. And my car was just outside running. Oh, my God. And, and two is that I would have been more upset if my car got stolen because I had all my vendor supplies in my car from the event that I did two days before that. So, like, if my car got taken, I would have lost, like, all of the stuff that I use for display pieces and stuff for my table so it would have made this so much worse because now I would have I would have had to cancel the event that I did over the weekend because there's no way I was going to able to find a bunch of stuff to use p- to put on my table. And here at the Cassie and Mariah Studios, we fucking love to catastrophize. Yes, man. Like we just talked about me dying. Like we have to make this the worst case scenario. <laughs> Damn right. Oh my god. No, that's lit- I I hate that I'm such a problem solver though because like when you told me the story, I was like. Do you, you could call a locksmith <laughs> a triple a <AAA laughs> i guess just in that moment i wasn't really sure what my options were because i was very stressed i was very upset yeah. and like i don't know if i like i my mom has triple a but i don't know if i'm like under her plan like i don't remember signing you up would or have paying a card, for this so probably not no exactly because so my, she has a card yeah so my mom has had a card and the thing is the card is only associated with the person not with a vehicle okay. and so whenever my brother would lock himself out of his car on an extremely regular basis <laughs> um i would have to drive her to him so she could pretend that she was with him so he could use her AAA to get his oh. keys out of his car. It was very oh. annoying, and she bought him. Uh, the thing is, if you have, you can add, fa- yeah, like you said, you can add family to it. And so, like, it's cheap to, it's way cheaper to just add somebody to the main plan. And, um, 
so she got him his own so that way I don't have to keep driving to him <laughs> and helping him out and so um and then she also just switched her card to my name uh because that makes so much more sense because I'm the one driving everywhere now and um and it's like especially going on longer drives places lately that it's like oh if something were to happen like you literally wouldn't be able you can't drive so you wouldn't be able to come and help me out yeah yeah because like like in that sense it's like if my mom had to drive so i can call AAA myself it's like at that point just bring my spare key like exactly yeah but no i highly recommend like getting something like that so that way if you're in a bind you're not screwed even if you because then if you ran out of gas and you needed jump starting and you needed your key out they could have done all three this is not sponsored but they could have done all three (laughs) exactly well that's a wrap on this week's episode be sure to follow the cassie and mariah show wherever you listen to podcasts at tcms pod on twitter and instagram and look out for new episodes every wednesday bye